Do you want to open an OnlyFans? Sure. Yes. Let's go. (laughs) This is not a teaser. (laughs) Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2XP, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hey, Workwives. This is Stella from Fresno. I would really love your advice on making a career change. Currently, I work as a coordinator for a company that's very much customer service based, but recently I've been looking for something different. I heard about a new Google certifications and I'm considering completing one to help me pivot either into data analytics or project management. I currently hold a bachelor's in communication and have worked mostly in administrative roles. So this would be something completely new for me. I'd love to hear about what your experience has been as well as what type of skills, certifications, and education levels have helped you get into your careers starting out and now. Thanks for all your help. Stella, congratulations. We super believe that career change can and should happen. Can and should. Like it's an inevitable part of your career Mm -hmm. pathway. Totally. It's fairly obvious that none of us are like company men anymore. You're not like living and dying in the same company and living in a company town. But it should also become fairly obvious if it isn't already, like most people are going to be shifting careers once, twice. Industries. Three times. Yeah, whole industries. Yeah. Like, and I, I think maybe Holland's rule is maybe every 10 years. Yeah, my rule for a lot of things is every 20 years. <laughs> Turns out. Turns out. Yeah. Um, here's the thing about it. I think our lifetimes are longer than they ever have been. And what that means for us is we can do a lot of shit in our lives. There's no reason that what you decided to major in at age 17. Oh, my God should have any bearing on what you are doing when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, or 90. Yeah, we, we're all programmed to this. I feel susceptible to this. You fall into this category. Like when you're 18, graduating high school, going to college, you have to make this really big decision. Really big choice. Like oh, this is going to set up my entire future. It turns out it's only going to set up the next six months, your first semester. Then you're going to switch majors and switch majors <laughs> again. Switch majors. Yeah. Right? But like even when you graduate, my, my sister ran into this problem. Like she thought by graduating from the University of Texas in journalism, she could only be a daily newspaper journalist like that was the only right answer and the only next step and she hated the the stress of a daily deadline I'm like well girl work in magazines you got one of those publishing every three months you'd be fine right but she like she couldn't get out of her head that like there's only one thing that would equal success mm. and I'm sorry you, what did you graduate in oh oh Vanessa you know I, I graduated in in music right yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and for some reason it was acceptable to think that you were going to be a musician a performer of the harp harp from 18 to 95 and and not only was that kind of like the only fixated thought that I had in my head to assume that I would like the same thing mm-hmm. I liked when I was 17 18 19. Well, frankly, in this case, 11, that uh-huh. I would like the same thing as a 30-year-old as, as I did when I was 11. Wow, right? Mm-hmm. One more thing about this 10-year rule we've got is there are whole industries that are popping up these days that didn't exist 10 years ago that actually you may be perfectly suited for. Like when I was in school in 2005, public relations is something I wanted to do. And the professor gave us a couple of case studies that were crisis management. And I asked him, I was like, what does it take to build a career towards being a crisis-specific PR person? He's like... It doesn't really exist right now. It's an idea, but it hasn't formed an industry. Well, fast forward to currently, the number one public relations firm in the whole world 
has a whole division now that employs a hundred people across all the continents working for some of the largest names you've ever, ever heard of. So like crisis communications is now a full-fledged industry. What was just an idea when you were in school is now absolutely required for any major function. It's not even 20 years down the road, right? Mm -hmm. Plus the market works on these 10 year cycles anyway. Companies who start and become really big and are ready to get sold. And it takes about 10 years to do that. And in the process of them getting really big, they spawn whole industries. Think about Facebook, think about iPhone, think about anything that you touch and see today probably didn't exist 10 years ago in its, in its completeness. And definitely not 20 years ago. Maybe it was just still in a garage somewhere. But now there are Facebook and its competitors and social media and so Mm -hmm. forth. And then there's cell phones and all of the subsidiary industries that accompany that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if I were to tell my college self, I'd be working in (laughs) something called social media. Yeah. And it was a way to make money. I would have laughed you even, even five years ago, their social media managers say they're making half a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. Go off. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to, Why? Mm -hmm. Why career change? So yes, we know that you should. We know that there are industries that will allow you opportunities that you would never have foreseen. We know that your passions don't stay the same over the course of your life. We know that you're going to live long enough that there's no reason not (laughs) to do multiple things in your, in your one, this life is one note, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why change now? You know, Mm -hmm. like what Stella's asking us this question today, you know, about today's career choice. What are those reasons? Why, why change? I like to look at it in like three categories. One, one is is the company toxic? And if that's the case, like, is it the company or the industry? You know it's toxic. Like, yeah. you're experiencing on a day-to-day basis, and that's fucking sucks. And the answer should be GTFO. And Absolutely. we've done episodes on how to do that. Yeah, but what you want to distinguish is, is it the company you're at, or is it the entire industry you're in? Right. Like, my my cousin uh, is a landscape architect, and his first job at a college, he absolutely hated. He called me in tears multiple times. It was like, this was the wrong move in college. I shouldn't have majored in horticulture. Like, Maybe I need to go back to, I don't even know what he was doing before that, actually. He's such a fucking plate nerd. It's fine. <laughs> um, but he was ready to like pivot his whole Quit career. the entire thing. Yep. Just like the green industry is not for me. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This company does not represent every company. You need to give one or two more companies a shot before you decide like this whole thing is toxic to me. Yeah. So the takeaway there is if you're in your first job in an industry, give it another chance in another company and see if you can make that distinction, the company versus the industry. Totally. Toxic, yeah. Totally. Another category of question to ask yourself is is are you just not challenged are you bored do you do you want to just do something different totally valid just you need to know why before you start down this path because it'll determine like Stella was saying which of the google certifications you take or what mm-hmm. what your next steps are or what kind of networking you need to do right um you went through this back in idaho right yeah i totally made this shift it was probably five six years yeah, right on schedule. <laughs> uh, working in law. So I was a subject matter expert and then I got poached more or less with with the blessing of the owner of the company. It's Congrats. Fine. Thank you. Um, to a law firm that we had 500 clients around the country. I went and I drafted the first stage of all the legal findings that we did. We defended people all the way to the Supreme Court and down. It was great. Loved it. I was super interested in it and I'm still really very good at it. But I, my next natural step was to go to law school myself. I toured them. I read all the Mm. literature. Like one of my friends who is a successful lawyer right now, she's a public defender in Houston, actually. She and I like went through the whole law school thing together. Like she was like, this is kind of the LSAT stuff you need to look at. Like she let me follow in her footsteps. And I just could not get excited about the rest of the law in order to practice this one very narrow part of it. And so I just, I just found that like my interest in law wasn't broad enough to justify 
that investment of time. It was going to be three years plus passing the bar, plus like mergers, acquisitions, contracts. (laughs) Hire someone to do that shit. The next, the only place I could grow was not something I was super interested in. And so since that did not excite you, the next step would then have been what you did do, which was shifting careers into creative writing. That's what took you into marketing eventually. Mm -hmm. Yay. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Another reason you might change careers is that you've, capped out financially you've kind of met the upper limit of that career vertical right Mm -hmm. this is the one that i love the most (laughs) support the most (laughs) here's what i want to say about this it's like money matters Mm -hmm. i I I don't just like it it also is required for me to live Mm -hmm. in this world with this body in this life life costs money what i would love to do more than anything else is read books and write about them right I'm not going to make any money. I mean, I could, but I'd be living like a pauper. I, I want to live a life that is enjoyable while I'm alive. I like really fancy shit. I, I have a full collection of crystal glasses. I'm not going to be able to afford that on, let's say, an English teacher's salary or even a professor's salary. So like I, I had to face facts. But the thing is, you can have both. Maybe this is why I love helping people through career changes so much is like that realization you can have both. What I ended up doing when I went through this career change, like, I don't really want to do law, even though it has lots of money attached to it. Mm -hmm. Right. I took a look at it and said, okay, what do I really want to do? And I had four or five things in front of me that like, I could be very happy doing any one of these things for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And then I don't know what it was. Something shifted in my mind where I realized like, I don't have to pick. I can do this one for 10 years and then I can do this one for 10 years. I can do this one for 10 years. I do that one for 10 years and suddenly that's the next 50 years. Great. And you get to do everything you want to do. Everything you wanted yeah. to do. All five of the things on the list, which what, I have to ask <laughs> what was on the list. Um, I would like to go to culinary school and open my own restaurant, farm to table. Absolutely. I want to own my own marketing agency, which I already do. I would like to be a religious studies professor. Know, yeah, yes, this is the do. actual yes. retirement plan. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be an author. I would like to be executive producer of a feature film. I want to make a note about how Vanessa's decided to line these up. Can you tell us the order? We already kind of have, I think some of us already have a sense, but like, can you just like line it up for us? What's the order in which you're expecting to do these things? Sure. I started at the end. Lots of people when deciding what they want have gone through this exercise. It's called the deathbed exercise, right? Like when you die, imagine your life at that moment, right? My perfect moment. We already know what your perfect (laughs) moment is. Let me just tell everyone what Vanessa's perfect moment is. Okay. (laughs) Library. Yes. Chesterfield. Yes. Manuscripts. Yes. People she loves. Yes. That are curious and intelligent. Yes. Some type of alcohol, I feel like. Bourbon. Bourbon. Maybe some gin. What are you wearing? Smoking jacket? Probably. It's got to have tweed and some elbow patches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's it. That's how she wants to die. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we've that's just, it. like we've just had a roaring conversation about whatever thing is happening at the time and yeah. everyone kind of leaves and I just like die in my chair. Will that be how it goes? No. Is that how I want it? Yes. We can make it happen. Yeah. In Oregon. Sure. I'm taking it on <laughs> okay. personally. This is why I've told all my friends this is what I want because they're going to be there and it's going to happen. <laughs> so like I started at the end and then I came back from there. I was like, okay, in order to be a professor of a certain amount of tenure, right? I'm going to have to do a certain amount of school. So I started like backing up the years. It's going to take this amount of money and this amount of time. Yeah. How do we get there? And kind of backed it up to about 45 from 45 onwards is pretty planned with a dollar figure attached to it and an activity, but I'm 34. So I was like, I have 34 to 45 to fuck around and find out. 
So what are we going to do until then? Make a shit ton of money. Doing, I don't care what. Do you want to open an OnlyFans? Sure. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> this is not a teaser. <laughs> but like, I want to not only make money, but I want to make money doing something I like to do. And that's connecting with people. That's helping. There's a number of ways that those boxes can be checked. Totally. And you can check them all at the same time. Yeah. So like right now I moved back to Texas where I have friends, network, support, my family. And I started my own agency. Check. I'm producing a podcast with Holland. Check. We haven't started on the restaurant tour thing, but I work with a whole bunch of people. My nine five are food snobs. Listen, we go on an <laughs> annual retreat. She cooks. It's fantastic. <laughs> Come to the restaurant of the Holland and Vanessa retreat. It's like really fabulous. Yeah. So like there's multiple streams there and I want to live this kind of life and I want to do this thing. You can do both. Yeah. Put those things that you want to do in the order that makes the most sense. Yeah, totally. Do the thing that makes you the most money so that when you need the money, when you go to grad school, yep. You have it. And there should be no scarcity around this. There's nothing that you can't do. That sounds super fucking cliche, but I don't know how else to say it. I, and I say that because I'm doing it right now. Yeah. And you're doing it right now. Like Instagram. everyone that we have talked to or coached is doing it right now because they made this shift from like, I can only be one thing to you can be all the things. Just put them in intelligent order and let's work through them. This is the three moves framework just deconstructed for you. Changing careers does not happen overnight. In the long term, it's going to be great. You're going to get what you want in the right order. Everything's going to be amazing. In the short term, it can be really hard. And, and it can be hard for a number of reasons. One of those is that it can kind of it can kind of take a while for you to figure out what you want. Like you might get bored today and not figure out what you want to do next for another few years. Mm -hmm. And that can be tough. Yeah, You might cap out financially today and then, again, not figure out where your next move is going to be for a while. I, I had that experience. I knew I didn't want to do music anymore when I was 25. And it took me till I was 29, 28, 29. I feel like I'm really finding my groove now here at 32. What does that put? Like six, seven years? Don't make me do math in my head. Yeah. You I, know, I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> okay, <good>. Seven years. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but like, it took me a while to realize not this to, ooh, I really like this. It took me a minute. How did you feel about, you don't know this question's coming, so it's going to be great. <laughs> was there any like social pressure that you felt from like, oh my God, Holland doesn't have her shit together during those years? Or did you feel like... I super didn't have my shit together. I didn't have my shit together for a lot of reasons. Um, but for me, the pressure that I felt came from myself. Mm, okay. Right? And I was like, I had had a lot of identity in this previous industry, right? In the music industry. I was like, I'm a musician. This is who I've been. This is where my people are. And I remember coming out of that and being like, oh shit, I don't have a home. I don't have like a per like a, like a industry home or like a career home or like a path or anything. And I just started kind of like doing what was in front of my face, which turned out to be teaching spin classes at the local gym. Okay. Interesting. Which turned into managing a yoga studio. Better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. And that turned into kind of like a graphic design, web design thing. And that turned into kind of an operational procedural role. And then that turned into like this gorgeous marketing thing. And like now we're mar like, it's getting better and better. But like, I feel like it's the end of a rainbow that's taken seven years to get to that started with teaching spin at a $10 gym. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's a lot. That is a lot. Do you ever have to pinch yourself? Oh my God, all the time. Yeah. All of the time. It's cool, right? Oh my God, so fun. And that's why I tell you, like, you can do anything. I did a lot of things. Yeah. 
And like you're at the seven year mark in the next three years, we've mapped out your next three moves and you're going to make a fuck ton of money. Well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like that's kind of what we're here for. This is the joy of the journey. No, we're not saying that. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) This is the excitement about a career change. It can be very daunting and we we're going to get into the brass tacks of some stuff here in a second, but like it also has the the ability to get you what you really want faster than just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. Something else that goes hand in hand with being ready for a career shift is burnout. And we're not going to talk about it too much, but I really just want to say that there, there's a peak time to make a shift. I know I have friends like this. I know you have friends like this. Stella, you probably have friends like this. There are people in your life that you've watched them complain about a job or a role or a company or an industry for a year or two years longer. And that's too long. We don't support it. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Get the fuck out and and do it when the passion is bright within your belly, right? Yeah. Like do it when you've you've noticed the red flags, you're you've seen the toxicity, you've recognized how it impacts you. Get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. You I know have, how to do this. I have a rule that is just post peak. You know, you can feel an arc in your in your let's say career at a company, but your your role at a company or even your set of roles at a company. You can feel when you're hitting peak and then that one or two things will shift and you just kind of realize it's like a little sixth sense where you're like, it's time to go. Uh-huh. This is gonna go south quickly. Either the company's going south or your role is shifted enough that like there's no true ownership anymore and you're just like, nope, time to go. Because just post-peak is when your network is still strong. No one's figured out that something's wrong yet. Everyone's still flying high on the last win, right? Yeah, Yeah, like you need to cultivate an eye for the future, but like it's your future. So make it happen. Yeah, And, and like, and that's when you can ask for the right referrals. That's when you're, you're feeling super confident about yourself as you're going to bring that energy into interviews, into whatever the next thing is. This is, makes it really easy for you to talk about your X factors. That's the time to go. This is a reality for one of my friends right now. She is completely burnt out. She's a mechanical engineer and she's got an MBA. She's been doing this for a long time. And all she really wants to do is be a travel photographer. I'm like, I love you girlfriend, but like, You are not going to make MBA plus 10 years experience in engineering money by taking pictures of rocks. You're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. And that is the one thing that's keeping her from making this decision. I know she wants to go. I know she wants to cut and run. She has the finances to do it. She's been really good about her saving. She's got plenty of assets. She can sell off like... She she, she could pro- sustain herself while she totally. builds up this photography career. Totally. But I think like, I think she should have started probably four or five years ago when she started feeling the burnout. Now it's just causing this consternation where she's just burning bridges right and left. And she doesn't have positive energy to move with her to the next thing. She's completely in scarcity. Totally. Leave at your peak just after it. That's my rule. You don't want to find yourself four years post peak or four four years into burnout no thank you and these like really tall ups and downs across your career are no good for your sustainability mental health wise your financial sustainability or or any passion for whatever you're doing so just you know when peak is go just post peak don't keep going like when you feel it's time to go go we're going to talk more about how to make sure you're ready to go when it's time to go after the break so put a pin in it we'll circle back If you want bite-sized information about how to get more at Corporate America, follow us on Instagram at AskYourWorkWife. I don't know if these are good ads. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back to Stella, 
Stella, I like that you're really aware that you need to get some education from somewhere. That's that's maybe part of the reality that some people don't understand about a career change is like you're going to have to gain some of those transferable skills now before you leave your current job. There's a lot of ways to do that. Totally. It's, it's so easy and nearly free, if not completely free. <laughs> right. Um, and we want to tell you about some of those. We're just I'm very pleased that Stella already knows that because if she yeah. didn't know that, I'd be girl, we got to talk. So there are plenty of places to find this stuff. You've already mentioned the Google search. Those are awesome, really respected, fantastic. YouTube is a great place to learn all of the things. Never underestimate the power of YouTube. thousand percent. We've got LinkedIn learning. We've got, oh, in pandemic, and I think it was happening a little bit beforehand too, like Ivy Leagues are putting their courses mm-hmm. online, their course content online. Totally. Like if you want to take the test, take the quiz and get a degree, it's going to cost you some money, but all of the actual content yeah. is out there for free. The syllabi, everything. Yeah. yeah. You don't actually care about the degree. You care about the knowledge and how it applies. Speaking of Ivy Leagues. Yeah. So <laughs> that being said, like you, Stella, you mentioned you have a bachelor's degree. That's great. Do not get hung up on going back to school for a master's. There are very few jobs in the world actually require two degrees. They're usually med school, law school, yeah, and MBA sometimes. But like most people get their MBA way too early and like you can survive, not survive, you can even thrive on a bachelor's degree up until you kind of need to hit the like senior VP level of things. But if you do it right, your company will pay for it. <laughs> and at that point, they're paying for an executive MBA course, which is shorter and cheaper. You don't care because you're not paying for it. And it's the same information. And like most MBA programs that are good will be like case study driven. And they're relying on you and your knowledge to bring something to the table. You need to have work experience. Yeah. And even the best schools will not take you straight out of your bachelor's degree into their program. You need to know how the world works. You need to have some real world business experience before you jump into that or they're just going to laugh at you. Once you have the basics of any given role or any given industry through this learning we've recommended and you've already recognized, you also need to recognize that you might be starting a little bit at the bottom, but it doesn't mean you have to take bottom of the barrel salary or expect that. This is where we really developed the concept of an X factor in interviews. Just because you haven't been in this industry before doesn't mean you don't have so much to offer. Mm -hmm. So that could look anything like knowing how to navigate a corporate landscape. I know Vanessa has brought a lot to the table around operational and procedural Mm -hmm. expertise and coming in as a change maker, right? Like knowing how to rally people around a new idea. One of the things I, one of my X factors is enthusiasm. Like it like super counts. Actually charming doorknobs (laughs) is totally your X factor. Thanks. But like you've dealt with a lot of people and lots of quirky personalities. You like, I would say your X factor is a hundred percent knowing how to manage those managing up, down and around. Like you just talk about rallying people around a cause like (laughs) that pilot that launched yesterday. Amazing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So like that's, this is the kind of experience that employers are looking for, especially now where the job market is awash with so many people, so many new graduates. And I hate to throw them under the bus, but like you're going to have a leg up, even if you're shifting industries because you've been in the work industry. You know how to work. Exactly. You, You know how to get up on time. You know how to show up on time. You know how to answer emails. You know, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. these are skills that you and I sometimes take for granted, but they go a long way in corporate America. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so yeah, make sure that you're really familiar with what makes you special, what makes you irreplaceable, what X factor you bring to the table when you're shifting industries. That'll, that'll make that uh, industry shift, that career shift, that career change, a bit of a softer landing for you. And as you make like leaps upward in any career field, you start realizing the reality of things is that you're actually paid based on how you think and how you strategize and how you organize things, not necessarily on the the tactical skills. If you know how to think through any problem, any challenge, any situation, 
that's what people are willing to pay lots and lots and lots and lots of money for. No matter the industry. Period. Like I've been in, oh God, at least four different industries in my short, happy life. (laughs) (laughs) And every single one of them hired me for how I think about problems. And they paid me to learn how to do the actual thing that I needed to do. Because you can train on any skill. What you can't teach is how to think, how to solve problems, and how to overcome challenges. So Stella, this is this change is inevitable. If we were to give you one takeaway, it would be this. Take a step back right now before you before you do quit and ask yourself these questions. What am I doing it for? What is my X factor? And what does the timing look like when it lines up with the other things I want to accomplish in my life? Holland and I have both had career change experiences and there's a few different ways to go about it, but the bottom line is do what you want and do it now. Trust your intuition and let's fucking go. question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. In case people don't know what an executive producer is, The executive person is the person who fronts the money for it. I want to be the person who says, you have a good idea and you're an artist and I want to have the money to give you to go on it. Like I am not an artist myself. I'm a firm patron of the arts, capital B, (laughs) capital A. But like, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to have people around me who have good ideas who don't have the money to get it done. I just want to be like, you know what? Here's a million dollars. Go make your... Go make your movie. Mm. I just want front row seats to it and some popcorn. Well, she wants a credit. <laughs> yeah. I really want to be famous is the answer there. So a little bit of fame, a little bit of money.